Chapter 1, Overview. Before getting into the nuts and bolts of the pizza principle, it will be important to understand where we are going and why. We will be baking a pizza step-by-step step that will be the medium for the financial concepts presented. Strategies to help keep you solvent and thriving will be articulated and illustrated with real-life examples. Understanding the importance of minimizing debt and giving back will be fundamental to your success. Chapter 6, Why We Are Slaves, Debt is worth the price of admission all by itself. You can save hundreds of thousands of dollars on your home purchase if you plan and implement properly. Recognizing the value of sufficiency over excess and learning to want the right things will help you channel your desires in appropriate ways. We will talk about ways to supplement your income from home and what to do when it comes to investments, life insurance, taxes, and more. As with any complex topic, I recommend that you not take on too much too fast. One chapter per day is plenty. You will need time to digest and ponder upon changes you could make in your own financial arena. Some chapters will need more than one reading. Take time to internalize the concepts presented and look for ways to make them personal to you. When you taught the gospel on your mission, you layered principles line upon line in a natural progression to aid understanding. I have attempted to follow that pattern in writing this book. While on your mission, you had a central focus. Stress over money was intentionally limited so that you would not be distracted from your primary purpose. I suggest that this strategy can and should work throughout your life as you learn to control your circumstances instead of being controlled by them. Learning to properly handle finances will most likely generate some bumps and bruises along the way. I've certainly had my share. The astute reader will learn from my mistakes and not have to make them all himself. As you acquire more skills in money management and learn to harness the power of savings and compound interest, you will be able to turn the production of wealth into money trees that will allow you to eventually harvest the results of your thrift and hard work. Gospel standards are timeless. You should continue to adhere to the good habits you have developed in the mission field. Read and ponder the scriptures every day. Pray for guidance. Keep yourself neatly groomed. Exercise regularly to stay fit. While you may not currently have a companion, or perhaps you have already found your eternal companion, you are still on a mission, albeit a different kind of mission. Maintain your focus on eternal goals, and the Lord will bless you to be successful financially and in your life's work. Throughout this book, I will be using the imagery of two divergent roads. Indeed, most people follow the broad road through life. I am suggesting you consider a different path. But before you get to that fork in the road, consider why you might not want to stay with the crowd. A tale of two cities, Zion and Babylon. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Sound like today? This story is not about London and Paris or any particular locale. The picture that I will paint for you is about Zion and Babylon, about the pure in heart versus worldliness, or the straight and narrow way versus the deceitfulness of riches. Two divergent worlds coexist side by side, and each of us must decide where we choose to take up residence. Your willingness to choose Zion over Babylon will dictate in large measure your success in being able to follow the teachings of this book. The Pizza Principle deals with personal finances, but not in the same manner most people use this world's wealth. In these pages, you will learn how to utilize money in ways that will not only meet your needs and wants, but will allow you to become financially independent. Indeed, it is possible and not that difficult to save your way to retirement and have fun in the process. Understanding the end from the beginning will give you a definite edge. My purpose in writing this book is not to offer you wealth, but rather time. 
Imagine having your money working for you instead of the other way around. What worthwhile things could you accomplish if you did not have to spend the bulk of your time hunting and gathering? Being financially independent with the means to retire while still relatively young will allow you the option of spending the balance of your life outside your own self-interest. But be patient. There are steps to take before you can get there that will be outlined in the following chapters. This book addresses in part one of the three questions of the soul. Why are we here? The other two, where did we come from and where will we go after death, are topics for another treatise. Greater understanding of the purpose for why we are here and how we choose to apply that knowledge will assuredly have a great deal to do with the outcome to the final question. According to John A. Witso, it is the business of man to find the spiritual meaning of earthly things. Pondering the spiritual meaning of earthly things will help you discover much about yourself and your motivations. We will explore together several of those earthly things that have deep spiritual underpinnings. I do not pretend to know or understand all the mysteries of godliness, but the scriptures are very clear as to the mission of our mortality. Examine this verse from the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom, and behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. Doctrine and Covenants, section 6, verses 6 and 7. We are to establish the cause of Zion, the city of our God, Zion the pure in heart. This passage also lends great insight into how the Lord feels about our seeking after riches. We must purify our hearts and sanctify ourselves in preparation for the Lord's return. We cannot do that if we live and operate as residents of Babylon. We must be willing to be different from the world, to be on the Lord's side. Consider these verses which clarify the need to separate ourselves from worldliness. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Go ye out from among the nations, even from Babylon, from the midst of wickedness, which is spiritual Babylon. Doctrine and Covenants, section 133, verse 14. The wisdom of Babylon teaches that more is better, and even more is even better. But there is a different choice that is liberating. More on that in chapter 3, The Sauce. Regardless of where we physically reside in the world, we can seek to establish the city of Zion one soul at a time, beginning with our own, and flee Babylon the Great, which shall fall. Each must ultimately choose where to take up residence. I recommend Zion. The Principle of Stewardship The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Psalm chapter 24, verse 1 The psalmist clearly understands that all things, even our own selves, belong to the Lord. Whatever we think we own is in reality on loan from God. Although most think differently, there is nothing on earth to which we can claim ownership. All is the Lord's, and we are merely stewards over His handiwork. The term steward will be a central element of this book, and we will examine at length our responsibility to be wise stewards over the resources with which we are blessed. The Savior taught the principle of stewardship through parables which are equally applicable today. Consider the rich young ruler pictured above who was obedient to the law but went away sorrowing when asked to sell his possessions, give the proceeds to the poor, and follow Jesus. Just as the servants in the parable of the ten talents, one day we each will make an accounting before the master whether we buried or increased our talents. 
If we understand the principle of stewardship, it becomes easier to use our resources, or rather the resources the Lord has loaned us, to help other people and to build up the kingdom of God. As the Lord blesses us with more material goods, He wants us to use them to bless the lives of others. As we do so, He then blesses us even more abundantly. This is how talents are multiplied. While the concept of stewardship really is that simple, the implementation is often more difficult. Let me share a personal story to illustrate stewardship in families. To help his children understand this principle, my father frequently told us throughout our difficult teenage years that any time we wanted to leave home for good, we were welcome to do so, provided we left the way we came, stark naked and on foot. He told us that as minors, everything we thought we owned really belonged to him, and he was just loaning it to us while we were living in his household. I am confident he had a higher purpose for teaching us how God looks on our material possessions. But whatever his motivation, none of us chose to leave home on those terms. In the Doctrine and Covenants, the principle of stewardship is declared by the Lord very clearly. For it is expedient that I, the Lord, should make every man accountable as a steward over earthly blessings, which I have made and prepared for my creatures. I, the Lord, stretched out the heavens and built the earth, my very handiwork, and all things therein are mine. And whoso is found a faithful, a just, and a wise steward shall enter into the joy of his Lord and shall inherit eternal life. Doctrine and Covenants, section 51, verse 19. As we change the way we regard possessions, it becomes easier to comply with the law of the fast, the law of tithing, and the law of consecration knowing that the things we have been calling our own are really not our own, will make it easier to keep Jacob's admonition. Think of your brethren like unto yourselves, and be familiar with all and free with your substance, that they may be rich like unto you. But before ye seek for riches, seek ye for the kingdom of God. And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches, if ye seek them. And ye will seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked, and to feed the hungry, and to liberate the captive, and administer relief to the sick and the afflicted. Jacob chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. In the course of this book, you will be introduced to familiar concepts, but perhaps from a different point of view. Distinguishing the principle of stewardship versus ownership is one way that clearly demonstrates one's willingness to be set apart from the world. Of all the lessons taught in the pizza principle, understanding stewardship is paramount and thus foundational to everything else. The Eleventh Commandment when I was growing up in California, my father taught us what he called the 11th commandment, which was simply this, don't go along with the crowd. Rightly so, since the crowd rarely chooses the correct path. While his intention, I am sure, was to keep us safe from worldly crocodiles, there are also spiritual overtones to this wise counsel. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Conventional wisdom will keep you on the broad way. This will be a theme throughout this book. If you choose to travel the broad road through life, it will lead you where everyone else is going. When it comes to financial strategies, the mainstream is the wrong stream, believe me. I will substantiate that premise in detail in subsequent chapters. The narrow way is the ticket you want. Why be normal? I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. 
This is an excerpt from The Road Not Taken, a poem by Robert Frost. By now it should be clearly apparent that when we choose our path through life, we can choose to be like everyone else, or we can choose the road less traveled. I can testify, like Robert Frost, that it will make all the difference. Will we seek to establish the cause of Zion, or become entangled in the enticements of Babylon? Each of us will decide when we come to those critical forks, those defining moments that shape our lives. But before determining whether to take the left or right fork, ponder Nephi's testimony in the following passage. O Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Yea, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. Second Nephi chapter 4 verse 34. In the final days, those who will have chosen Babylon, either by commission or omission, will understand their folly, but it will be too late to change course. And the Lord shall utter his voice, and all the ends of the earth shall hear it, and the nations of the earth shall mourn, and they that have laughed shall see their folly. Doctrine and Covenants section 45 verse 49. How much better would it be to choose Zion right now? The three Ps. In 1995, the First Presidency issued a proclamation to the world on the family. In the proclamation, the roles and responsibility of husbands and wives are clearly and distinctly spelled out. We will examine the wife's role in Chapter 7, Sufficient for Your Needs versus Rich, but look briefly at what our leaders have said about the role of the husband. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Preside, provide, protect. That is the husband's role in Heavenly Father's divine plan. As you prepare for your future family, or perhaps you already have a family, the better you understand your role and these obligations, the better prepared you will be. Indeed, you will be prepared to be a wise steward over your home and family and deal properly using the wealth with which the Lord will bless you to accomplish your stewardship. Of the three Ps, this book will deal primarily with providing in the Lord's way. In a nutshell, to summarize, it is critical to understand man's purpose and destiny to ensure that the myriad of decisions you make every day will point you toward your ultimate goal of returning to your Father in heaven. Each must choose between Zion and Babylon, between the straight and narrow path or the broad road. You will need to learn to provide for yourself, your family, and the poor in the Lord's way as a steward over material blessings. As you become a provident provider, you will learn that you have the potential to save your way to retirement and financial independence at a surprisingly early age, which will allow you the freedom to use the balance of your time to bless your family, your fellow men, and to build up the kingdom of God on earth. So what does all of this have to do with pizza? Stand by, we will fire up that oven.